we are uh, this morning doing a special baptism service here at the lake, and I want to talk a little bit about the meaning of baptism. And as you know, uh, we've had a, a sermon series planned for this fall where we're going to be going through the, uh, the Ten Commandments portion of Exodus, and our commandment for this week was, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And you might think it's going to be kind of a stretch to make the third commandment about baptism. That's what I thought too, until I looked again at this passage and realized that uh, the main passage in the New Testament about baptism says that we are baptized into the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. We take God's name in baptism. We're, we bear God's name. Or you might say God gives us his name. He places his name on us in baptism. So this text is actually a perfect charge for our friends who are being baptized today. It's also a perfect charge for all of us who have been baptized in the past. Is We watch these baptisms as a time for us to remember what God did in our own lives, that he put his mark on us in baptism, that we belong to him. And so um, I'm, I'm thankful to meditate on this text today for us. I think God has a lot to say to us about the meaning of, of what's going to um, happen here in a few moments. And uh, before I read the text, let me just make one comment about this series on the Ten Commandments. Um, the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus come as a part of a larger section of laws that God gave to Israel through Moses at Mount Sinai. And the most famous are the 10 little 10 commandments, the beginning of Exodus chapter 20. But the next three chapters have all these random laws that some of you maybe read through and you say, what are all these laws about? And well, what those are, those are expansions on the 10 commandments. So every week in the 10 commandments, what we're going to be doing is we're going to read the one commandment we're talking about. And then we're also going to read the other portions of the book of the law that are paired with that commandment. And so um, the, uh, the other verse that we're going to look at today is Exodus uh, chapter 23, verse 13. So we're going to turn to God's word now, and it's printed there for you in your bulletin. Hear the word of the Lord. Exodus 20, verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And then Exodus 23, verse 13 says, Pay attention to all that I've said to you and make no mention of the names of other gods, nor let it be heard on your lips. Let's pray together. Our great Father in heaven, we praise you for this beautiful place that you brought us. We praise you that you have gathered us into a church family, that we can sing to you, our Father, that we can look at one another and see that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, we uh, pray that your Holy Spirit would be upon us as we uh, turn to your word your spirit would speak to us through your word as we uh, participate in the baptism of our, our friends uh, this morning, that you would use this baptism as a means of grace in their lives. And as we come to your table and as we feast together, would your love be present with us? So Lord, we look to you. We praise you this morning in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. 
So this morning, I want to uh, consider three questions about the third commandment and about baptism. This is what they are. First, what does it mean to take a name? Second, what does it mean to take the Lord's name in vain? And third, then, how do we take God's name rightly? Three questions. What does it mean to take a name in the first place? What does it mean to take the Lord's name in vain? And third, how do we, then do we take God's name rightly? So first question this morning is, what does it mean to take a name? Now, generally, when we think of the third commandment, we think that it has to do primarily with speaking God's name. That we should not speak God's name in vain. But the word for take God's name means literally to lift up or to carry. Taking God's name means bearing his name. What does it mean to bear, to carry God's name? Well, two things. Union and worship. Let me explain what I mean by this. So first of all, to bear God's name, it means union with God. A name joins two people together. And of course, what's the most obvious example of that is in a marriage. When two people share a name, it's a statement of saying uh, that their lives have been joined together. It means that two people share everything they have. And through their marriage vows, their lives become one, saying, all my time, all my dreams, all my money and possessions, all my love is yours. And every part of who I am is tied up with every part of who you are. So to take God's name amazingly means that our whole lives, every part of who we are, is being tied up with every part of who God is. He is bringing, joining our life to his. And actually, if you go and look in the New Testament where it talks about baptism, that's what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 6, precisely that about what baptism does. Listen for the language of union. Romans 6 says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall sure, certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this. Baptism is about union. It's a marriage that is happening. Jesus to his people. So first, taking a name is about union. The second thing is bearing God's name is, is about worship. And you'll notice I put that other strange verse from chapter 23 there, where it says, chapter 23, verse 13, where it says, pay attention to all that I've said to you and make no mention of the names of other gods nor uh, let it be heard on your lips. And one commentator, exp commentator explains it this way, saying, calling on gods by name has always been essential to worshiping and obeying them. When you take the name of a god, you are worshiping that god. You're pledging your exclusive devotion to that god who you love, the one that you look to for, uh, for security and for meaning in your life. And that's why often we take the names of gods when we are making an oath or taking a vow. And today what we're going to hear is our friends are going to come up here and we're going to have a whole crowd of, of brothers and sisters who are going to take vows before the Lord and before us. They are taking the name of the Lord when they make those vows as an act of worship. And so what that means 
to all of us who have been baptized is that we carry God's name with us wherever we go. We bear his name in everything we do, in our work, in our families, in our friendships, in our neighborhoods, we carry the name of Jesus. I'll tell you, it's a remarkable thing that God would entrust to us his name. Because a person's name is what? Their reputation. God has entrusted his reputation to us and he wants to send us out carrying his name so that people will come to get to know him, so that he will become famous, he will become well-known. And you might think, why does God care so much about his reputation? Is God insecure? Does he need people praising him? No, that's not why. God wants more people to know him, to know his love. And the way they are going to come to know him is by sending us out, carrying his name, carrying his reputation, carrying his character out into the world. And so what an incredible honor it is to take a name, to be joined to God through his name. So taking a name means union and worship and obedience. But the third commandment is not a command to take the Lord's name. It's, it's really more of a warning, right? Do not take the Lord's name in vain. And so this is our second question. What does it mean to take the Lord's name in vain? Well, the word for vain means literally empty or an unreality. To take the Lord's name in vain means to act or to think or to speak or to uh, believe as if God doesn't really exist. So, you know, you imagine when someone's in a courtroom and they, they put their hand on the Bible and they, they promise to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help them God. And they are making a pledge before the Lord. And if they think, you know, I can make this pledge before the Lord, and if I lie, God's not going to do anything. He doesn't really care about that. What are they doing? They're pretending like there's not really a God. There is no God. There is no God in heaven. So it's kind of like a functional atheism. And historically, there are two ways that the Bible says we kind of manifest a functional atheism. We act like there isn't really a God who made this world. There isn't really a God who knows and loves us. There isn't really a God who provides for us. It's through irreverence and promise-making. Now, let me just say a few words about each of these. Okay, what does it mean to be irreverent? And I think uh, this is the main meaning that most of us tie with the, the third commandment, that not taking the Lord's name in vain means that, you know, when you're swearing, don't say Jesus Christ when you're swearing, or when you're talking about something trivial, you don't say, oh my God, you know, you're taking God's name about something that's not really important, you're not really feeling the gravity of it. But reverence is not simply about what we say. It's a posture of our hearts toward God who made us. The God who gave us existence. The one to whom we are to give an account. Reverence is a sense of awe and gratitude and wonder and fear. And I want to say something about reverence. We're Bellingham people. Bellingham, we don't think much for reverence, right? The idea of fearing God is not something that we're uh, particularly uh, comfortable with. Bellingham life is it's very casual. It's very informal. Our church is pretty informal. And uh, we're a culture with very little ceremony. And the personality of Bellingham is we also tend to be very cynical about things. We're distrusting. And so when there's a ceremony, we say, oh, it's just a stupid ceremony. It doesn't really have any meaning behind it. There's a cynicism that tends towards irreverence as well. And to know the God of the Bible is to be in awe of him. And you see that if you read through the scriptures, 
people will have encounters with God. And if you see any of the encounters that people have with God in the Bible, the experience is never one of warm fuzzies. You know, hanging out with my friends. No, God does say he's a friend to us. So I, I, that's, that is true. But the experience is uh, one of trembling. You know, Job puts it this way in the end of Job. He says, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. And what this says is that the weight and gravity of who God is should attend our use of his name. So first, taking the Lord's name in vain means, for those of you getting baptized, is feeling the gravity of this moment, the weight of this moment. This is not just a silly little ceremony. It's a life-changing act where God is present by his spirit working in your lives. The second way, though, that we take the Lord's name in vain is, is about breaking promises. And our Lord talks this way. If you read in the New Testament about this commandment, uh, you know, Jesus talks about how the Pharisees would say, you know, if I swear by some sacred object, but I don't mention God's name, then I can break my promises. And Jesus says, no, you need to understand that God made everything. God's name is attached to everything. And so, uh, as J.I. Packer puts it, you cannot keep God out of any transaction. He is everywhere, and all promises are made in his presence and involve him, whether his name is mentioned or not. So all promises are sacred and must be kept. God's name is in everything. We should feel that as we hear these vows this morning. Now you might hear all that and say, wow. So that means our friends are gonna receive God's name in baptism uh, today, and they are obligated to revere God in his name at all times and act with perfect integrity throughout their life. That's what <laughs> taking God's name means. And this commandment, you'll notice, has this uh, threat at the end of it, right? The end of verse 7 says, For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So the question is, by baptizing our friends today, are we placing on them a burden they cannot carry? To have the name of the most holy God placed on you. You carry the name of the most holy God on you. Is this, a, are we going to crush them? And then we have some babies that are having God's name placed on them. They didn't have a say in this matter. And now their whole life, they are accountable and responsible to God to live for him. How do we answer that? Well, I think that leads to our final point. How can we take God's name rightly? And, you know, I mentioned at the beginning that taking God's name doesn't mean so much speaking God's name, but carrying God's name, bearing God's name. And our Lord Jesus assures us that his burden is light. The, the burden that is being placed on our friends is not a heavy burden. It is a light burden. It is a freeing burden. It is not crushing. And God should be revered, but that does not mean that he's not gracious and kind and patient. And baptism is a burden of grace. And I want to just highlight two more reasons why baptism is a burden of grace. Okay, first of all, look at what baptism symbolizes. Are we crushing these people? What does baptism symbolize? The washing away of every failure, every failure to honor God's name in the past, every failure to honor God's name in the present, and every failure to honor God's name in the future has been completely washed away by the one who perfectly honored God's name, that is Jesus. There's not 
fear. There is welcome. That God has welcomed them in love. You cannot imagine a lighter burden that could be placed on someone. But the second is this. That the place of God's name is the place of God's dwelling place. And if you read in the Bible, you know, in the Old Testament, God made these places where he dwelled. There was the tabernacle, there was a tent where he dwelled, and they made a temple where his, where his presence was. And, you know, in some ways, we would all say, where is God present? He's present everywhere. But the Bible says that God makes his special presence in certain places. And that place, he always said, is the place where he puts his name, where my name will dwell. And after Jesus came, he, placed, he changed the place for God's name to no longer be a building or a city, but a people who were scattered throughout the nations of the world. And God put his Holy Spirit on their bodies, that just as his spirit was present in the tabernacle and the temple, our bodies are now his temple. And so as we watch these baptisms, that's the other thing that the, the baptism symbolizes is not just the washing away of sins, but God is pouring out his Holy Spirit on our brothers and sisters. They are now the new special place of God's presence. On whom God is placing his name. And that's why Jesus said when he talked about baptism, he said, Go therefore, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So how can we take on the calling of bearing God's name? It's because his presence is always with us. And for these infants... What a promise to their parents that God's presence will go with them wherever he takes them in their lives. Whatever struggles they may face, they can know God has placed his name on my child. And where God's name is, God's presence is there too. This is not a crushing burden. It is an immense gift. And so when we ask how can we take God's name rightly, the answer is to simply trust in the promise of our baptism. Our baptism promises the washing of all our sins in Christ and the presence of God in his spirit for our whole lives. And if we do this, we can be confident that we have not received, not carried God's name in vain. And we can know that God will be with us. Let's pray together. Mighty Father in heaven, we are in awe that you would place your name on finite, fallen creatures like us. That you would stake your reputation on us. But Lord, we thank you that with your name goes, comes your presence and your blessing. We pray that today, as your name is placed on our friends here, that they would receive your love and blessing deep into their hearts and that these promises would prove true to them over and over again, that you go with them even to the end of the age. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.